Welcome to another episode of Finesse Media Podcast, Season 2, with your host, Ken Finesse Media, and co-host, Treat a Millionaire. As the hosts gather their show notes and stage the studio for their next guest, sit back, sit back, turn up your volume, and get ready for something brand new. I'm your host, Ken. I got my co-host, Treats, a millionaire in the building. Treats, what's the deal? It's time for another episode. <laughs> Treats, how you doing? Treats is chilling, man. Girl. And uh, each and every episode, Treats, a millionaire is in the building. And each and every episode on Finesse Media Podcast, we talk about people and bring about folks that's finessing the game. So just like uh, last episode, uh, we got this episode with Vanessa AC Green, my brother from Chicago, radio personality. Can't wait to speak with him and you guys learn from new listeners. Uh, if you're from Chicago and if you, I think, from surrounding areas across the globe, actually, because it's, uh, information is syndicated out. You should know who this brother is, but if you don't know, that's okay. Uh, stick around later in the episode uh, coming up real quick, real soon. AC Green. Can't wait to speak with him. But again, if you're just checking this episode out for the first time and you're on Twitter or if you're on Facebook and if you're on Instagram and even TikTok, make sure you're following us at Finesse Media. That's at F-I-N-E-S-S-E-M-E-D-I-A. Hit us up, Finesse Media. Follow us and on Finesse Media each and every episode. Uh, we talk about HBCUs. We shout out HBCUs. Myself and my co-host, Teresa Millionaire, are alumni from the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff, the flagship of the Delta. So we love to talk about our HBCUs. And if you're an alumni from an HBCU or if you had attended an HBCU uh, and you didn't graduate, it don't matter to us. Uh, just hit us up, finessemediapodcast at gmail.com. Um, hit us up and let us know that your HBCU uh, should be spotlighted and need to be. But if not, we go through, we going we're going through the whole list uh, of HBCUs. So we'll have our HBCU coming up as well. And uh, again, it's a good episode. The Next Media Podcast Season Two. Um, Teresa and I is in the building in the studio. We can't wait to speak with our guest, uh, Selena Johnson. Uh, joined uh, the podcast a couple episodes before. We're going to get into a quick track with her and uh, featuring Q Parker. Home, Selena Johnson from Chicago as well. We're talking about Chicago folks all month long, uh, just in case you don't know. In April, that's what we're doing. So Selena Johnson, Q Parker, home, and we'll be back with HBCU right after that. Emotions are easy to explore. Oh. 
if you let me in And we won't pretend like we don't know love That's all we defend And we both have God I'll tell all my fears to be quiet If you speak your heart, don't be silent You might get away, you're hideaway now I'm home You'll never have to be alone, baby Look at what we found This is home We are home You and I are home now Give me your crown now, baby Leave your strong, just let it go Let this vibe be your home You and me, cause it's critical Wondering Sunshine, I'll let you win if you let me in. And we won't pretend like we don't know love. That's all we defend, cause we both have scars. I tell all my fears to be quiet. If you could speak your heart, don't be silent. Like it away, your head away, now we're home. And Q Parker with Home. We don't normally play music on the podcast, but we had our Vanessa Selena Johnson to join us on this season, uh, episode before. So definitely want to give some love to my Sora uh, sister, Zeta Phi Beta. Shout out to Selena Johnson. But again, each and every episode on Finesse Media Podcast, we talk about HBCUs and we want to jump right into it with our HBCU of the week. And uh, after that, we're going to have our uh, special guest of this episode, AC Green, joining us. So, HBCU, Treese, what's up, man? You ready? Oh, yeah. Historically, black colleges and universities, commonly called HBCUs, are defined by the Higher Education Act of 1965 as any historically black college or university that was established prior to 1964 whose principle was and is the education of black Americans. 
and that is accredited by a nationally recognized accrediting agency or association determined by the Secretary of Education. It's now time for the Finesse Media Podcast, HBCU of the Week. All right, our HBCU of the Week is Bluefield State College. Not to be confused with Bluefield College. Bluefield State College is a historically black college in Bluefield, West Virginia. It is a part of West Virginia's public education system and offers bachelor and associate degrees. It is the only non-residential four-year college in the state system. Bluefield State College is a member school of the Thurgood Marshall College Fund. Originally known as the Bluefield Colored Institute, the college was founded in 1895 as a high-graded school, high school for African-American youth in the nearby area. It was located on a four-acre site in Bluefield, a city within 100 miles of 70% of West Virginia's black citizens. The school began modestly with 40 pupils under the supervision of Principal Hamilton Hatter, Nathan Cookbracket, an abolitionist who led Store College, served as president of the Board of Regents. Hatter oversaw the construction of Mayhood Hall, the administrative building, as well as Lewis Hall and West Hall dormitories. Hatter was an energetic leader who built the foundation of the college. He faced enormous challenges, running the institution with no legislative apparations whatsoever for two years. In the late 1920s, the student and staff of the school referred to it as Bluefield Institute, but this name was never sanctioned by the West Virginia legislator. In 1906, Hatter handed, uh, handed the reins of leadership at BCI to Robert P. Sims, a graduate of Hillsdale College, who would lead Bluefield State for three decades. Sims showed dedication, commitment, and prudent management in his lengthy tenure at Bluefield State. By adopting formal teaching training, normal education, in 1909, Sims created the role that Bluefield State would play, educating educators throughout the coal fields, fulfilling the mission of its enabling legislation. Enrollment climbed to 235 by 1920, with annual summer sessions for teacher certification attracting hundreds more. With efficient professional management and careful supervision, the college prospered, expanding to 23 acres, adding Payne Hall, and Coland uh, Colony Hall, faculty residences, and the stately president's house. Enrollment soon exceeded 600, many of whom lived on the close-knit campus termed the Terrace Hills for its verdant landscaping. Grateful graduates created the Alumni Association to rekindle collegiate memories and support programs of the institution. Bluefield students achieved notable distinction in a wide variety of fields. Our HBCU of the Week, Bluefield State College. Bluefield State College. That's what's up. Shout out to our HBC of the week. And each yes, and every yes. episode, as mentioned, we 
talk about HBCUs. So hit us up, Finesse Media Podcast at gmail.com if you want your HBCU to be spotlighted. And we also want you to come on to talk about your experience at that university. So that's what we're doing each and every week. Treese is giving you the HBCU of the week. And what we're giving you each and every week uh, is people that's finessing the game. And so as teased to you a couple of times already about the special guests uh, joining us on this episode, we want to also not make you wait any longer. So make some noise from the AC Green Show out of Chicago, Illinois, but being syndicated all around the world. I already said to him I'm a fan of uh, this uh, this brother, and he's been doing so many different things, uh, and we're going to talk about it. So n- welcome to the show, the AC Green uh, that I know and love. What's up, bro? It's my pleasure. Absolutely my pleasure to be with you all. Man. We thank you so much for joining. I told my co-host I got to make sure I'm on my pins and needles and tools and, and, and fuse uh, because having someone of your caliber uh, is to me, to me definitely, and should be from our listeners uh, once they hear the things that you're doing, uh, really a, a great pleasure and, and gift to have. So I would say publicly thank again, so uh, shout out to Masora Sheree. Uh, who's my sorority, Zeta Phi Beta, who made that connection. I want to make that public because she definitely is someone that's finessing the game, and she's been on this show, and she's a finesse, so she's no stranger. But again, thank you, uh, AC Green, for joining this episode and this podcast tonight. My pleasure. Yeah. So we want to talk about so many different things that you're doing. My mom told me this morning, she goes, you have an AC Green on? She goes, I listen to him all the time. He's talking about the mortgage and, and getting everything right. He was like, I, you know, listen to him forever. And I'm like, yeah, that's definitely what he's been doing. So what inspired you to take on this, this business? I know it's been doing, it's been something that you've been doing uh, for many people, refinancing mortgages and, and helping many people, uh, you know, with their home. How, you know, how did that start and what gave you that inspiration? Well, I mean, it, it came out of necessity for me. I'm not the lawyer that does it. Um, we have law professionals that do it, do the work. Um, but it grew out of the very last uh, recession. Um, in 2007, 2008, you know, we were in, you know, a very bad time um, economically, uh, kind of like right now. Um, as we go into this COVID-19 thing that's taking the recession, as we found out today, there are um, 3.2 um, million new unemployment claims. Um, over last week, so that in one week it's grown from about 280 something thousand claims to 3.2 million claims. Mm. So in 2008, um, it was kind of like the same thing, and I was caught up in that. I had just finished um, a stint uh, doing commercials and jingles and production for the uh, former mayor of Chicago, uh, Mayor Daly, and then I had just finished doing the Yes We Can jingles and the promotional jingle campaign in 2000. And seven for um, now we know it's President Barack Obama. At that time, he was Senator Barack Obama, and I did all of his media work and made a whole lot of money. And then right after that, the market tanked, mm. and so um, I was about to lose the home mm-hmm. I had purchased, you know, with the money and the cars, oh, wow. and all that stuff. It was all it was over. <laughs> and mm. um, thank God, in, in twelve years, I didn't lose anything because what I said at that time is that I'm going to feast at this time of famine. I'm going to be the victor and not the victim. But you know, with, with um, a proclamation of any kind, especially one like that, that has faith in it, it's going to always be some work um, that has to go with that to make it happen. So it's a preparedness. So I had some information. So um, I informed myself. I went deep in learning and studying and I identified those things that were necessary to be able to keep my home 
um, even though, you know, I couldn't pay for it. And um, mm-hmm. that, that's what that's where everything came from. I, I attached myself to lawyers that understood the law when it came to mortgages and all that. And from that time up to this time, um, the radio show and uh, all the people that work with it have helped um, save the homes of well over 35,000 people. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. And so, and for and for those that don't know, uh, AC, because I, you know, again, been a fan of the work that you've done in in Chicago and and changing people's lives. Let our listeners know the type of services that you do offer. Well, the radio show is an empowerment show, so we're on urban radio. Uh, we're the only broadcaster who owns our show. Now, a lot of people hear that they may not quite understand that, but when you're on radio, you either work for the radio stations. Or you are like Tom Jordan, Steve Harvey, and the rest, where you broker the time and syndicate it like that. Well, we are the only one that's, if you can say, locally syndicated across every urban platform. And the radio show, though it deals specifically with uh, some things that are legal, is not just relegated to that. What we do is encourage people. So it's music playing. We, we motivate you with the music and and live inside the music just like people do when they listen to the radio show. But instead of, you know, just talking about things, maybe that, um, I would say, man, you know, sometimes you can get a little fun and playful. We get fun and playful, too. But between the music you Mm -hmm. all, we give you information. Let me tell you what the the Big Shot said. When I first started this, the Big Shot says, AC, we love you, but it ain't going to work. You know, because mm-hmm. quite frankly, black folks don't want to do nothing but shake their ass and drink malt liquor. That's what they told me. And um, it was pretty much true. Listen to Urban Radio. What you're going to hear between the breaks, you're going to hear things that uh, deal only with the party. And I'm not mm-hmm. mad at that. But I said we're going to bring the party and a purpose. We're going to have, mm-hmm. we're going to, yeah, why are you, why are you shaking your ass? We're going to give you some good information so that you can empower yourself because why you dancing you still losing your house you still got bad credit you still got debt so we're gonna help mm-hmm. you through that debt situation so your party will even be greater and more mm-hmm. sustainable because guess what you can't party no higher than you actually able to function with your money and if you don't have any money it's gonna be a very hard party talk to him ac talk to him yeah <laughs> So that that was the bottom line. I mean, yeah. and so right now we 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 help with everything. So we know people were losing their homes because um, they just didn't have the money. You know, the brick and mortar mm-hmm. was not in in bad shape in most cases. People were losing their home not because the the tuck pointing wasn't right. They were losing their home because they didn't have enough money. So we've helped them with understanding how they can save their homes, and then we sought to identify industries that you know are beneficial to our community. See, every community has to have economic engines. So if you go into any community, any indigenous community in America, Chinatown, um, you know, Polish town, Indian town, is some economic engine that empowers or that powers who they are. So in Chinatown, Chinese restaurants. I don't care if the if the son goes to school to be a doctor, that son is still attached to their economic engine, that Chinese restaurant. So whatever happens, they can fall right back on it. We don't have those engines, but yes, we do. And so I identified one for sure, and um, we were able to make the connection and the overseas manufacturer of the largest hair manufacturer in the world came to meet with me, and then I flew there to meet with them, and Mm -hmm. we made the deal that allows us to be able to have hair products that are purchased. You know, hair extensions are purchased by African-American women by 70%. 
It's a four mm-hmm. to nine billion dollar industry with a B. Wow. Seventy percent of all those purchases are African American women. So mm-hmm. whether you like the I'm a bald head black man, so you know all I can see it in is the economics because I can't wear it. Uh, so mm-hmm. whether you what you think about it doesn't matter. You may not even like and some Chinese folks may not may rather have ham hocks than Chinese food. But guess what? They're still going to be invested in their family business. And the mm-hmm. bottom line, that's what we need to do. And we did it. So we made the deal. And um, instead of opening up stores ourselves, what we did is we sought to empower everybody with buying small, medium, or large bulk purchases of hair and selling it to their family and friends, at their churches, at their wherever you go. Because if we can give other nationalities four to nine billion dollars of our money, yep. surely yep. Easy. we need some of that money so we can send our children to school. So we A can have good amount for of that money. Yeah. Absolutely. And we leveraged yeah. it. And it's been working now for five years. So you have your hand in so many different businesses. Could you tell me what was the very first business that you took on and what inspired it? Okay, that's a good one. So in, I guess, two, no, 1988. In 1988, um, I was teaching in school, a music teacher, and I, I love production. So I, you know, I'm a musician. I played in my father's church uh, when I was a child, teenager. What instrument? You and can't just slide keyboard. past it. Keyboard. keyboard. Okay. I played the keyboard. And, you know, I played the keyboard, and I started writing songs, and um, I ended up getting a song on my godfather's um, CD, Reverend Clay Evans. He's passed away now. Uh, Reverend Clay Evans and then some of the others, I, I wrote songs for this one and that one in the gospel field. Well, you know, after trying my hand in the in, in the right thoughts for people, I wanted to do other things. I wanted to apply music to many other things. Um, I started writing jingles and productions, and I got a, lo- a couple of lo- local people to allow me to write jingles for their businesses. I ended up writing the Yes, We Can jingle for President Barack Obama. I did the, um, let's say, um, I wanted to apply my music to any other entrepreneurial things because, you know, I just didn't see since 18 years old. When I graduated from high school, I did not, I never saw having to work for somebody like a single job. Now, as an entrepreneur, I work for many people. So it's a leverage thing. So I would rather leverage my skill set over many people than just to be have it be held hostage by one person. And I encourage other people to do the same thing. But I started taking the music and applying it to what I call music on hold. So what I would do is I would go to various businesses or call them up, and I would ask them to put me on hold. And they would say, why? <laughs> I said, because I want to hear what you got there. And they said, why do you want to hear it? Because... If you don't have anything there, I want to put something there. And it was in the 1980s, long before all this technology became. And so I started putting music on hold on phones all over town, all over the country. And I made my whole living doing that, just putting music there, right? And I would have a voiceover people do the voiceover and all that, and they would talk about the menu or whatever they had on their hold. So I'm an entrepreneurial soul. I, I understand and believe that, you know, people should live their life out not doing uh, what they do, but doing who they are. Most people live their life doing what they do, but that doesn't give you the joy of life. Um, you need to do who you are for a living because God gave everybody who they are. The birds fly because they have the gift of flight and fish swim because they have the gift to be able to, you know, function underwater and breathe at the same time. 
And so mm-hmm. if you have a gift, and everybody has a unique gift, like we have a unique fingerprint, then you ought to use that gift. Now, you may have to work a job or do what you got to do to you get there, but don't ever think that you were meant not to work out and live out your purpose because you were. It's just that fear at a young age that grips most people, and so it scares them. And every uh, signal in their mind when they get ready to launch out or do anything else is that doubt because our communities of people, and unfortunately even sometimes in the family, you know, they inflict more doubt on you. So whenever you go to try to do your thing, that tinge of doubt hits you, and it stops you. And so I want to encourage people. Don't let that stop you because it's going to stop you from blessing so many other people because your purpose is not just for you. It's for everybody else. Yes, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you call dropping jewels. Dropping jewels. (laughs) So with all the businesses that you have currently going on, what are you using for, like, time management? Because you're, like I said, your hand is in a lot of stuff. How are you prioritizing those, and what are you using for time management to make sure that you're hitting each one and giving them the amount of attention they need? Or um, well, just really basic organization. One of the great things about um, you know having the knowledge given to you by those who lived in a whole nother time, my godfather, uh, another one of them, I have many of them. Uh, you know, when you, you were grow, growing up at the time I did, you had many people that it was really, truly a village. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. my other godfather, I can remember um, sitting down and watching him take a, a row of 20 numbers and add them all up with a, without a calculator. We had just come into the time where we could have a calculator in school, and he would never use a calculator ever. He was not raised that way. So I was raised at a time where there was no technology like that at all. Mm-hmm. And... To be able to um, transverse between that time and this time and have millennials around me where I know all this technology, in some cases better than they do, um, and then still have the life and understanding of what it's like to not have the technology. I use my pencil and pad more than anything else, although I am very comfortable with technology. So I schedule everything like it's... It's on pencil and pad because it's something about writing things when you write mm-hmm. it, it. It imprints on your on your on your mind when you write it. When you physically go to write it, it is it, 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 you're not just putting it on paper. You put it in your mind somehow. Mm-hmm. And so I, I schedule like that. So I am I am organized like that. So with the radio shows and things that I do of that nature. Now there is a a part of me that is tremendously not organized in the sense that I'm going to keep to a schedule. And mm-hmm. I compartmentalize those times because I have to have the level of flexibility because my creativity lies in that space. So mm-hmm. I, I, I know the times of the day that I do that, that, that I might even have something scheduled, but I know it's a light schedule right here. It's like, this is not crucial or urgent. So mm-hmm. I will get off the script many times during those times because I need to, because I, I can't be, at the same time, I have to be organized with these radio shows. I can't do everything, you know, with that regiment um, and, and sometimes in my day, because if I do, I can never give myself the freedom to be creative. So it, my producers at the radio station, they always marvel say, we give you the outline, but you come in here with absolutely nothing and you just go for it. And I do, <laughs> but I have the outline in my head because mm-hmm. when we were kids, we couldn't, we didn't take a test. We used to have to memorize 
whole, um, if we had wrote a book report, I had to remember the whole book report. I remember mm-hmm. that. I had to learn the whole. Wow. Uh, my Easter speeches would doggone be a whole page long. <laughs> yes. Now the Easter <laughs> speech was always long. <laughs> so my mind, I get to the radio station, and you have no notes, but in all, and the outline is in my mind, just like I'm looking at it on paper. Mm. Because <laughs> people, when you're talking to them, they don't want to feel that you're scripted. They want to know that it's coming from your heart. Because mm-hmm. Bucky Green at Chicago State University has taught us that, that what comes from the heart reaches the heart. Yeah, shout out to Bucky at Chicago State University, <laughs> uh, a legend. In, uh, a legend, Bucky in, Green, man. A legend, a legend. And so I know you said you you don't – well, you, you do the writing down, but you still have the social media. And I see on Instagram right. uh, the AC Big Bag. So tell, tell us listen, yeah. and, and, and us about the AC Big Bag. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, I, I want to – with the radio show, I, I, want, I, I know I have a responsibility to be able to – mimic and then without knowing it anytime people consider you celebrity and i don't really function under that uh, but i can't help but to know that people think of it like that so since they do i have a responsibility to make sure that if i'm going to craft mindsets i'm going to do it in a way that's going to be beneficial to everybody and what i want to show and what i want to program if i can say it like this people mm-hmm. to do is what we should be doing we should be giving more than we are because the blessing in life is in giving. So the big bag is about um, the various sponsors, you know, putting something in this bag, whether it's cash, whether it's product, whether it's services, and then every week we give that away to somebody. And, and I'm showing them that it, through reciprocity, we can help you uh, reach more people, and then you can reach more people if you give. Mm-hmm. Just give. By giving, yeah. That's by giving. Because mm-hmm. I've I, I seen that on Instagram. I say, you're moving and shaking. I couldn't tell that you don't handle the social media or that you, you said you didn't, but I really. Uh, well, I, I do some of, of it, mm-hmm. but Candace does a lot of it, yes. Mm, I see it. So the AC Big Bag, I said, I got to ask AC, what's going on with that? Because I know the CBD <sighs> industry uh, is something that you also have your hands in. Um, yes. So I want to talk to you about that uh, as well. The CBD business that you've done, well, that not that you've done, but that business, the big market, and it seems to have gotten very popular in a short amount of time. So uh, you want to tell us about the CBD business? Well, I'm a big health person. Um, I always have been, although I haven't, um, you know, functioned like I should over the last 10 years, but in the last two years, um, I've lost over 50 pounds getting myself in um, the best shape of my entire life. And I'm doing that because there's no way that I can do everything that I'm doing and don't have the energy to do it. You mm-hmm. have to have the energy to your mind to work, to think, to move, to, you know, one thing about life and wisdom, as you get older, you may get more wisdom. But if your health is failing as you're getting old, you may have the wisdom, but you may not be able to act on it. And I don't want to be in the category where I cannot act on what God gives me because I didn't, um, you know, I didn't choose to be a good steward over my body. So the CBD itself, it's not with the THC, which gets you high, but the CBD is the, uh, it works on the endocannabinoid system, and we mm-hmm. all have one. This technology and this science has been available since the 80s, um, but it's just come to prominence. Came to prominence after uh, the current president, Trump, um, signed a farm bill in the fall of 2018, I believe it was, 
and it allowed for the growth and the legal growth of hemp across all 50 states. Mm-hmm. At that point, people can use this product legally. It has always been used, my friends, because they have been putting it in medicines and everything else. Um, you know, it, no medicines in this country or anywhere isn't derived from grandma's garden. Mm-hmm. Grandma knew what she was doing all that time. Mm-hmm. Only what they do with no. medicines, they synthesize it so it can it can do different things. They charge you a whole lot of money for it, but right. CBD balances out the body because it brings the body into what's called homeostasis. And whether it's the gummies, whether it's the oils or whatever it is, that's what it does for the body. So it is the ideal thing to to um, to market and then because of the way that it's a network marketed uh, project, it allows people to be a part of that business and have the business in a box. I'm a big mm-hmm. proponent of that because we need to have businesses, but many people don't know how to have businesses. So with the network marketing, with a great product like this, you can learn to be in business like being on training wheels. Because unfortunately, in, in grammar school and in high school, the majority of black folks did not have business classes that maybe they didn't come from families where they were taught how to do business. So here we are in colleges and go to college, we get degrees, but we don't know the fundamentals of how to be in business for ourselves. And That's not operate. something you can always be out of operate. Yeah. That's not something you can be taught all the time. You have to like see that. It's very difficult sometimes to, to be what you can't see. Mm-hmm. So we'll be checking. I mean, I know Illinois, um, you know, as a state that recently joined, uh, you know, that wave of legalizing marijuana on the recreational base and having a lot of retail stores pop up. So uh, I am pro, uh, you know, THC, CBD, you know, if it's, you know, if it's mm-hmm. done in a medicinal way uh, and in any way that it's consumed, I'm not judging even in that. Absolutely. Regard. So it's a huge mm-hmm. market. Um, huge market. It's a huge market for it. So you got your hands in that and so many different things. AC, uh, again, I, uh, we'll probably need to use another episode to talk about much more of what I, you know, other things that you're doing. But I thank you again uh, for taking the time out, your busy schedule. I think your, your contact said he'll be getting off of a show right when doing your show. So I'm like, wow, this guy's really connected. <laughs> the game Super is busy. staying busy. And I so, appreciate uh, what you again. all are doing, too. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank my you. niece, so, um, my niece, Cherie, she... She, uh, I was down in Atlanta not too long ago, and uh, I worked out with her and Selena. You know, they're a beast, man. Don't mess they around with Sheree and Selena, man. Mm-hmm. I worked out with them, man, and they wore me out. My God. And Selena something else. <laughs> Selena something else, man. She was coaching me through my dips and all that. Lord have mercy. <laughs> yes, Lord. They, 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 yeah. they, they're, they're good people, man. And um, I, uh, her father was on the radio show not too long ago, Seal Johnson and Felicia. Shout out to Seal. Yeah, great people. The legendary Seal Johnson. Uh, shout out to Seal. Yeah, so Lena's always busy. We had her on the show. She's one of the finessas. As you, uh, AC, is one of the finessas. You've been finessed by Finesse Media uh, Podcast. And for our listeners, well, if you're, uh, you. you know, uh, listening in Chicago, but I think you're, is your AC Green show able to be streamed online? I know it's 9 to 10, Monday through Friday, and then 2 to 5 on Sunday. So, how can well, people listen they if can, they're not in Chicago? What they can do is go to the website, theacgreenshow.com. It'll tell you how to get to wherever we are, theacgreenshow.com. That's what's up. That's okay. what's up. AC, 
Thank you so much again for joining this podcast. I'll follow up with you, but you have been finesse and keep finesse the game. I'm always fan of your show and of your work. Thank you both. I appreciate you. All right, you're Thank welcome. You. Thank care. you. Thank you. And again, Stay y'all, safe. you've been listening to finesse. <laughs> You've been listening to Finesse Media Podcast Season 2, and we had another Finesse joining this episode. And what a good time, and what a good person to have on the show, uh, A.C. Green, who, again, is finessing the game and all the things. So growing up, hearing his, uh, you know, radio show on my way to work in Chicago, uh, again, a true, true, true honor to have him on the show. So thank you again, Cherie, for holding that down uh, for me as well, my soror. And Trees, it's been such a good episode. Um, Excellent I think episode. I have to get out of here, man. And uh, probably right. try to stay quarantined, I guess. We can't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, can't, you know how that goes, you know. Locked in, locked down, locked up. Oh, shoot. oh man. Got to leave. <laughs> That's how it feels. That's how it feels. You know what? I'm going to do something different. So we'll check you next episode, but I'm going to leave this episode with Philly, man, with the electric. One of the newest tracks that we've been playing on these episodes. If you didn't catch it this episode, we're going to ride this episode uh, out with electric. And if you didn't even know, Teresa Millionaire is on the mother loving track. Holding it down. You know it. <laughs> hey, it's sweet. So, man, make sure you check us out, Finesse Media Podcast, um, on all platforms. uh, Let us know how we're doing. Follow us, subscribe if you're listening to us right now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, Stitcher, or on Blog Talk Radio. Hit that subscribe, follow button, and uh, we will be notifying you uh, when the episodes drop. Philly Moo, thank you, bro, holding it down with this newest track, Electric, and Trees on the Keys. We'll see you next episode. Trumpet on the trumpet on the trumpet. I'm on the trumpet on the keys. On the keys? Oh, I'm playing on piano. Lord Jesus, on the trumpet. (laughs) (laughs) Now that was AC Green said he played the. uh, Did he say he played the organ, the piano? He said he he played the keyboard. The keyboard. Okay. So piano, keyboard, organ. You play all that. Yeah, uh-huh. I know I heard the keys somewhere. It's just been this yeah, episode. yeah, I that was him, keys. not me. <laughs> Don't ask me to sit down on nobody's piano. It's going to be a horrific day. There is always a curious... We'll see you next episode. Electric, this is Tree on the trumpet. We'll see you next episode. Fall, peace, and the creation. Taking this ghastly risk. Uh, is the condition of their being life. Attention will let me grasp it. I got a question, let me ask it. What I
divine, you shine like the sunshine. God snapped when he made you, you're original. I could never see him make two. Me and you go together like the ivy with the blue. Yes, I had a shoddy, but I'm trying to make you my boo. See, she had me at the loop, and they give that girl the boo. Now I'm focused on you, so girl, what it do, baby? Had the kawaii on you, take you with me to kawaii on you. Keep it pimping, super fly for you. Big papa, like that man from Memphis, the son, the largest one. Singing up at me, draw dreamy eyes. I'm trying to let me put a dick up in ya. Hey, what's up, that? Give it up, brother. Give it up, Jack. We gotta keep moving. We gotta keep moving, player. We gotta keep moving. Thank you for listening to another episode of Finesse Media Podcast. Make sure that you hit the follow or subscribe button to be notified when new episodes are released. Also, make sure that you are following us on all of our social media pages. Instagram, we are at Finesse Media. Twitter, check us out at underscore Finesse Media. And on Facebook, Finesse Media, LLC. See you next week with something brand new.